and welcome back to Ready Set Review, your favorite podcast for movies, comics, and culture. I'm your host, Anthony. And I am Matt. Oh, man. And we are excited. We have a good show for you today. Um, a little bit more general than the last couple episodes have been. We want to give a, kind of like a general, um, not really our end of the year wrap up, but just uh, talking a little bit about some of the news um, uh, that's come out recently, some of the things that we're excited for um, towards the end of the year. Uh, and of course, we are going to give a recap of the first Three episodes? Four. Is it? Four episodes of uh, of Hawkeye. Yeah, we're going to get balls deep into Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be some debate. So hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. Hell yeah. So let's just talk about... Um, we'll have another episode probably next week because Anthony and I have tickets to go see uh, Spider-Man. Oh, No Way yeah. Home next Friday, which uh, I didn't realize. My, my friend told me I bought... Um, you know, I, I, I figured it was going to be like a whole, you know, thing when the presale tickets went up and it, of okay. course it was the, the tickets, you know, presale tickets sales were massive and people oh, were having yeah. trouble. People were paying thousands of dollars to get these tickets. And I'm like, I'm like, I just opened up my Fandango app and they went on sale. Just like, bop, 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 tickets. No problem. Like, yeah, no. I don't understand wh- who was having this issue getting tickets. Trying like, to get tickets, yeah. Right, like, where was this problem? Because I literally just opened up my app, bam, four tickets, no problem. Maybe it's in some of the bigger cities, maybe some of the bigger theaters. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Is it playing in, like, 3D or, like, IMAX or well, anything see, like that? Uh, see, that that's part of the reason why I was so confused that there were so many issues because it was, like, the options at, at you know, our theater or the AMC were going to a moment. I had standard, I had IMAX, and I had like IMAX 3D. Like I had like four different <laughs> options, you know, to like go see yeah. this fucking movie. I'm like, how are people like it's playing like ten theaters and one like how is it or times sorry, ten screens in one theater? Like so whatever. I'm just happy we're going. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I thought I was buying tickets for opening night. Um, opening night's actually Thursday. I'm an idiot. I bought them for Friday, but whatever. Friday's better. I'm gonna be going my Spider Man costume. I'm gonna embarrass people. It's Heck be great. yeah. Heck yeah, it's going to be awesome. I actually was watching earlier today, um, I was watching Tom Holland on uh, Hot Ones. He actually did the season finale of Hot Ones, and it was just a phenomenal episode. Uh, Really, really, Tom just seems like such a cool guy. He's he's like that kind of guy that like, God damn, I'd love to sit down and just have a beer with him. Like, I, he just seems like so down to earth, so cool, and just like... But he was talking about, you know, getting into the character and everything and just kind of talking about the movie. Um, did he spoil anything? No, he did not. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did not. The one thing he did say, though, is that he believes that this is going to be the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made. And it's kind of hard to argue with that. <laughs> Bro, I I really, like, you know, listen, just real, real quick, the 90-second recap. Um, Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, the first one great amazing you know but second spider-man alpha molina doc ock still holds up to this day still oh the yeah best comic movies ever both of those movies have a real problem and i'm sorry kirsten dunst was a terrible mary jane i'm sorry she just wasn't very good yeah i wasn't uh yeah. i wasn't the biggest fan but and there's obviously some action issues lacking not even just because of the lack of cgi technology at the time those movies came out like some of the I've, I've said this before on other podcasts. Toby, phenomenal Peter Parker. Just an okay Spider-Man. A very okay Spider-Man. You know, I didn't... I, I He wasn't my favorite. I have to say, I, yeah. I, I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man when he's in the costume. It's almost like... It's almost like... Yeah, almost like... Um, uh, back in the original Batman days when you had Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton had made a really good Batman but a really terrible Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But then Val Kilmer came in and he made a great Bruce Wayne but a really terrible Batman, right? So that's kind of like the issue that we're dealing with here. But Yeah, and I, I just went back and I rewatched um the first Amazing... To, to prepare for next week, I'm watching all yeah. the other movies. I watched the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. Oof, that movie was so good. That movie is a lot better than people give it credit for. Oh, it really is. It, it, really, it The biggest issue with it is is honestly the pacing. Yeah. Because it spends the first, like, hour 20, like, with a lot of backstory and a lot of origin story... And then all of a sudden, the story, the last, like, 40 minutes, it's just like, bam, 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 bam. Everything happens so fast. So pacing is an issue, but the movie overall is really good. The second Amazing Spider-Man, I haven't rewatched it yet, but just going off of memory from the last time I watched it, lot to love, 
lots of hate. Like, yeah, so much of that that Peter Parker's parents' backstory that they spend so much time on just yeah. wasted, and the the Green Goblin just comes out of nowhere. It's, yep. it's a whole thing. And the, I really didn't like the way that they did Shocker. I, d- I hated the techno music and the Shocker. Tech- Oh, electro, or electro. Yeah. I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. not shocker. Oh, sorry, oh my electro. god, yeah, that techno music, yeah, the fight techno scene. music oh, fight scene where it has like the soundboard yeah. lights like in the buildings, like it was just so dumb. It was like watching the Matrix, and <laughs> it was just all an excuse to drop Gwen Stacy from a building, right? You know, which so. wasn't even Electro; it was the Green Goblin, who just like right. yeah, like just comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, and they did that thing with his with his weird thing with his face, like uh, it was just you know, it was a whole thing. Yeah, um, you know, so again, and, we're then, talking- they, and then they they like. Like shoved Rhino in there. Yeah. The, so so that so <laughs> Paul that, Giamatti as Rhino, which was just so dumb. So that final scene, I actually really like because it's that that like hero scene. You know, like yeah. the Rhino costume. Obviously, they made it into like a like a like a fucking you know. A mech. Gun- Gundam, yeah, yeah it's Gundam like a mech. mech, right? And it like whatever, it looks dopey. But that final scene is really cool with him, like you know, charging, and it's the last scene of him, you know, throwing the sewer grate at him or whatever. But like, yeah, most of that movie is is not very good, which is such a shame because it should have been so much better than it was. So I'm watching all this stuff to get prepared for it. Then you get to the Tom Holland Spider Man movies. The first Tom Holland Spider Man movie is phenomenal yeah like michael yeah. keaton as vulture yeah you know they the the getting skipping past the uncle ben death and just yeah. he's already spider-man just brilliant which obviously they had to do that because it fit in you know with the overall mcu timeline right just genius like boom we're here it's spider-man let's go but i think you're getting ahead of yourself a little bit because really i mean his debut was in civil war right right True. which i think that was really the brilliance of the MCU Spider-Man character was the fact that they didn't do the backstory. You already know his origin. You you know what happened to him. You know Uncle Ben dies. You know he was a wrestler and that's, you know, and that's, you know, and that leads to Uncle Ben's death. So like all of that you already know. So you don't need to tell that story again. And I think a lot of that is going to come full circle in this whereas in previous movies we were really worried about how many characters they were putting into the movie with this movie all of these characters have already been established so you can throw as many characters in there as you want and you don't have to worry about it because you don't exactly. have to give them backstory you already know their backstory exactly you don't have to do anything you already know who these people are you know their motivation and they're there to to fight and to kill Spider-Man. Yep. And that and that's why, you know, we we've talked about this before. It's the it's one of the constant problems with a lot of the DC movies where they just throw characters at you for the first time and you're expected to yeah. to care about them at the time and you don't. And it's why it's why Spider-Man 3, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 is very not good because there's Lots of villains just all at happening at the same time, you know, like, and you're just like, eh, yep. okay, yeah. you know, I don't really care about half these fucking characters. Yeah, you know? well, and it has to introduce each one of them, right. and it's it it's just too much. Right. When you have to give a backstory, you have to introduce them all, but you can have Sandman, you can have Electro, you can have Doc Ock, you can have Green Goblin, you don't need to introduce the characters because you're not introducing them, they've already been established, yeah. and this makes it so much better. And Spider-Man 3, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but Spider-Man 3, if they just, you know, you know, people were just, everybody was clamoring for Venom, it was like Venom, 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 because he's a fan yeah. favorite, and, you know, Sam Raimi was basically forced to include Venom in that movie, yeah. he wanted to just do Sandman and Green Goblin, and if you look at the the and, and you can you can it's very painfully obvious from the way that movie was done that he did not want to have Venom in that movie because he spends a, a decent amount of time on Sandman's backstory and he makes him a pretty compelling villain. Like you yeah. feel bad for him because he's not really a out and out villain like we were seeing in previous movies, right? And you already have two movies leading up to Harry Osborne becoming the Green Goblin. Right. So, you know, as dopey as his costume looked and, you know, it still made sense for that character progression. But then they spend so much time, they're forced to spend so much time on Venom. But even then, it's not enough time. Like, you don't and care just about Eddie fists, Brock. Yeah, yeah. ham fists and, and Eddie Brock that doesn't look like Eddie Brock. No. Like, in, Eddie Brock in the late 80s, early 90s was a bodybuilder. 
Right. Like, he was jacked. Like, yes, he was a photographer, but he was jacked. He was a huge bodybuilder. That's why, like, Tom Hardy is a good Venom because he's big. He's bulky. Yeah. Like, dude, I mean, Topher Grace, he's a good actor, but this was not the right role I want to see something because we all know, you know, so, so getting leading up to Spider-Man No Way, I'm sorry, No Way Home, we know that a lot of these other villains are, are going to be back. We know that Willem Dafoe is going to be back, Alfred Molina. We saw Sandman in the in the one trailer. We saw the lizard, right? And we know there's going to be surprises. Right. At, one of the surprises I want is the only, the only Spider-Man villain that we have not seen in a trailer up until this point is Topher Grace's Venom, Venom right? right? We already know from our Venom 2 episode that the post-credit scene of Venom 2 is Tom Hardy popping up in the MCU proper, right? Right. So, that may or may he still may or may not be in Spider-Man, but again, the only character we haven't seen in the trailers is Topher Grace's Venom. I want to see a fucking five-second scene because it, it seems that you know the you know portals are going to open right. Yeah. And that's where these villains are going to come through. Yeah, I want one of the scenes to be Topher Grace's Venom coming through like one of the portals, be like, "Oh, Spider-Man!" and just like a like a like out of Looney Tunes, like a fucking anvil just drops on his head and kills him immediately. Oh. Like just, oh, just I thought, comic relief. I thought you were going to give the obvious answer. I, I want to see Tom Hardy's Venom eat. Tover Grace's Venom. For that, yeah, exactly. Like, How just, awesome would yeah, that be when I just he want eats some, him and yeah. then he absorbs his symbiote and, and then that's something... when he gets the actual spider yeah. symbol on Dude. him? How cool would that be? So you're even thinking deeper than I am. I just want it to be a like comically bad death of Topher Grace. Like I just well, I want to laugh. I want to yeah, laugh. <laughs> but, and, and that's the perfect thing for Venom. Like you he could literally he off. just bites his head off. He always talks about eating people's Who's brains. Who's this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's me. Oh, I'm going to eat him. That's I'm going to eat his brains, you know? Like it'd be cool. hilarious. Yeah. Like I, I that's what that's what I want. Just in and out, done. <laughs> so cuz the movie going to be long and it's going to be long and i guarantee you there's going to be so many easter eggs because again you can just throw things in there that you don't even need to explain well let's talk about one of the things that i'm hoping oh boy that we get a chance to see because it was one of my favorite things about the ready player one book and that is leopardon I hope that for out of nowhere, for no reason, we get the Spider-Man mech from the Japanese Spider-Man TV series. Oh, my God. I think that would be awesome. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like, and it's just there. Again, you can have so many of these little five-minute or two-minute throwaway moments where it's like, what the heck is that? But I wanted to do the. I wanted to do this. I want to have the Spider Man too. Remember, have you you've seen like the clips of how he actually gets into the suit? Where like the like he has like a morpher, you know, like a Power Ranger of course. morpher, and the suit just like pops up in the air and he jumps into the suit. Yeah, like Power Rangers. He jumps into the suit. It's amazing. That was so good. Leopardon. Oh man, that would be so awesome. Oh, and then the same thing with Rhino. Like, how funny would it be to see Paul Giamatti just have a two-second cameo as Rhino. Just hamming it up. Yeah, just hamming it up. And then just immediately gets, like, squished. Yeah. Like, and just absolutely annihilated. Like, that would be hilarious to have these, all these, like, also-ran characters to make their, like appearance and then just get obliterated yep you know like hey we know this was a bad character we know this was stupid let's give them a epic on-screen death exactly that would be amazing well let's talk about easter eggs though so the most the most obvious easter egg i think we're going to see in this movie is of course uh daredevil not well let me rephrase it not daredevil matt murdoch that is what i was going to say i i don't think we're going to get him as daredevil no which i would appreciate so much more. I appreciate yeah. the fact if they don't give Daredevil yeah. and they just give us Matt Murdock, this is that would be so much This better. is Marvel's MO. Like, th- think about other times we've seen characters appear for the first time as the, 
the character only to come to fruition later. Like, you know, Hawkeye is probably the earliest example, right? Yeah. The first time you see Hawkeye is in, in Thor, Thor. Right? Yeah. You know, where it's oh, like... Oh, man, I remember get up how on the, excited on the, you know, I was. Barton, get up there, right? And, he, and yeah. he, he goes to reach for the gun, stops, reaches down, which I just love the fact that in the armory, like, the bow is even there, right? It's just And he's great. there for, like, 30 seconds. You know, they don't call him Hawkeye. Nope. You know, he's Barton. He's Clint yeah. Barton, right? Clint. And then, of course, later on, he becomes Hawkeye. Like So Marvel's yeah. done that a few times where you see those characters, and that, to me, is the best way to introduce introduce those main characters Absolutely. very subtly. So I just want to see Matt Murdock. You know, most likely the, the prevailing theory online is that he's going to be representing, you know, like pr- some sort of legal advice for Peter Parker because he's been outed as Spider-Man, right? Like that's the prevailing theory. And of course, you know, recently in the last week, Kevin Feige has come out and just like given into the the fucking internet trolls and be like, yeah, okay, yeah. we fucking cast Charlie Cox in the MCU, not in Spider Man, but yeah. in the MCU, he right? In the MCU, so now yeah. we're all jerking off over like, oh, because remember it was the the arm you saw, you know, in yes. the trailer. Yes. Oh, is that Charlie Cox's arm? It's got to be his arm. Yeah. Oh my god! And we're all fucking searching for pictures of his forearm, like we're looking for feet pictures, you know, and like fucking. Just- <laughs> Like on remember, feetfinder.com, man. Like, what, what was it with AOC and her feet in the tub, right? And the, oh, feet, and the yeah. feet people were like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not her feet because I know I look at feet porn and hey, that's listen. somebody else. You know, like, it was just like that. I'm like, come on. Hey, <laughs> we are we are uh, sex positive here at Ready, Set, Review. So if you're into feet porn, good on you, Oh, man. yeah, good like, on you. Good on you. It's right? not my thing, but, right? good, you know, good for you. If you're into forearm <laughs> porn and you can tell me that was Charlie Cox's forearm, good on you. Good on you. Um... Yeah, so I think not only are we going to get... It wouldn't surprise me to see that. It also wouldn't surprise me... Uh, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here in the debates, but it wouldn't It wouldn't surprise me to see um, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin showing up at, in, in Spider-Man. See, okay. So let's clarify. If Vincent D'Onofrio is going to show up as Kingpin in Spider-Man, it's going to be an after-credit scene. Yes. There's no yeah. way he okay. is going to be a major player. No, no, no. no. Right. He would be a cameo appearance at best. Which yeah. brings us to the obvious question in Hawkeye. Before we even, well, well, we have let's, ta- well, let's, let's talk about the first couple episodes of Hawkeye. All right, all right. This so let's show jump is into great. Hawkeye. This show is it, great. It really is. It's very enjoyable, very down to earth. Dude, it is so much more emotionally deep than I expected it to be. Yeah. I expected it to be very, like, buddy copy, which it is. There's a lot of that between Kate. They have amazing on-screen chemistry between um, uh, Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner. Just amazing on-screen, on-screen chemistry. There's a lot of the buddy cop things going on. I, I was really surprised at how deep they're going with the like the emotions not just on on Hawkeye but on on Kate Bishop as well yeah like, some of the even just in the most recent episode where there's that rooftop fight scene and and he he throws uh Kate or I'm sorry a uh, uh, Hawkeye throws an arrow onto Kate and like she gets lowered down over the building and there's that moment of pause where she's where Kate is hanging from the bottom and then you see that moment and then all I could think about is him flashing back to when Natasha was yeah. hanging off right on Voromir, and, and you're and just he like, ended up dropping her. whoa, yeah. like it was like, moments like that him, yeah. are so like he's got like PTSD in this series, of and it's course. amazing. I mean, it's just he he had to let go of his literally his best friend in a world where you're not a, like you don't get to have friends. Yeah, in the kind of world of espionage and and spy game that he's in, like you don't get that. You, yeah, like, that just doesn't. And he, he had a friend that he could rely on that was always there who knew him in and out. And now she's gone. And that reveal in episode four was amazing where he where she asked him, um, you know, what was the, the best shot you ever took? And he goes, the one that I didn't take. And you finally find out what well, we all could have suspected. But you finally right. find out that Clint and Natasha's relationship started when he was sent to essentially go assassinate yeah, her when she her. was still yeah. part of the Black Widow program. Right. You know, uh, or, I'm sorry, the Red Room, right? Um, or the Widow Assassin, whatever the fuck they were calling it. Um, and he, you know, he said, he's like, I could see that she wanted out. And like, that was the beginning of their, he pulled her out of the Red Room. Like, like that was like such an, like, again, we could have figured it out on our own, but like hearing him like talk about it, it was so awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, and like, uh, again, a lot of those filling in the moments 
That's exactly what these shows should be. You know, filling in some of those gaps in the storytelling in, you know, maybe not even gaps in storytelling, you can call it, but just gaps in it just in the story itself. Right. Because, you know, and it just builds depth to his character, to their relationship, to the importance of that scene in Endgame. Yeah. When he drops like all of it is now much more important. Because of the way you learn about their, the way their relationship started. Exactly. So let's go back to the first episode because we jumped ahead to the fourth, which yeah. was probably the best episode so far. Yeah, the fourth episode was phenomenal. But the first episode right out of the gate is awesome. Yeah, it's really just cool. the, you know, it, it tells you the, the backstory. It starts, it opens up with the Battle of New York and the reason why she's so obsessed with Hawkeye is because she sees him fighting on that famous, you know, rooftop scene from the first Avengers movie. Um, her father seemingly dies in the Battle of New York. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, and, you know, then you fast forward to she's in, you know, I, I guess her like late teens, early 20s or whatever in college. And um, and you've got her mother and her mother's with this guy, Jack Duquesne, who is the fucking swordsman, which I'm so yeah. excited about. If Jack, they- and it's 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 Tony Dalton. Uh, Tony Dalton is a great actor. Uh, for you Better Call Saul fans out there, uh, he is phenomenal in Better Call Saul. Like, he's just, I, I really enjoy him, and I enjoy him in this role. Yes. He has that that machismo. He's got that suave, debonair, like, don't leave your girlfriend with him because he's definitely going to, like, walk away with her. You have what the French call a certain uh, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> he, Tony Talton just has it, man. He's got it. Like, it, he's just all the way there. I just and I just love seeing him on on screen. Like he's, he's just great. great. And and something is gonna like. There's only two episodes left, so something is gonna like. We he's the implied villain of the series, right? Um, you know, because throughout the first three episodes, Kate is constantly badgering, like he's lying about something, he's lying about something, and we know that he is because we see him at that black market auction, the first right, one, right. where he's you know very interested in the sword of Ronan because he's a swordsman, he's a collector of swords. You see swords all in his fucking you know penthouse or whatever. He's, he's obviously a skill. fencing expert, right? He's got the skill or whatever. There's that awesome fencing battle between him and and uh, and Kate in the second episode, right? Yeah. So it's like, but. And you know that he is essentially the leader of the tracksuit gang. You find that out in episode four. Right. So it's like, but where, like, where else, what else is he hiding? Like, there's something else right. there. What else is right? he hiding? Right. And then the other mystery, right, now you find out there's two, there's two other mysteries. Like, episode four, like, unloaded a lot of shit, right? It really did. So there's the, the phone call that Kate's mother makes to somebody, right? Very briefly. So... Who do you think that is? Because I have my theory. <sighs> Who do I think it is? I, I mean, I I thought it was Jack. I thought it would be it would be him. Right, but he was in the apartment. Like, right. So, it, right. so I mean, I, it's it's tough. I I yeah, really like, is it a character we I, already the know? Only or is person, it somebody new? No, the only person I would think it would be would be Uncle. Like that's right. the person that we're gonna talk about as as who is uncle. So so here's who I think it is. It could it could very well be so let, let's assume that uncle is Kingpin. Like we'll get into that in a moment. It could be that. But I think it is if I look to the comics, I think it could be if I look to the comics, I think it could be her brother. Cause in the comics, her brother, um, Kate Bishop's mother's brother, is a like spy you know he's involved with shield i don't know like all of his backstory i only know a little bit of it the reason i think that he is a possibility is because if you look back to fuck probably a year ago at this point one of the very first set photos that they released of um this show which has not been addressed up and through the first four episodes the first one of the first set photos they released was a photo of a quiver of arrows with the shield logo on it Right. So I think that one of the possibilities that the person that she was calling was her brother, who in the comic books was this like spy kind of guy. You know, I think they're going to do that. If they do that, it's him. He's a shield agent. And that's who she's calling. The other possibility, I think, is that and this is a bit hokey. I think they might go with some sort of angle where um, 
uh, Kate Bishop's father didn't actually die in the, right. you know, right? Because, like, they remember in the very first episode, they kind of implied that he was in some sort of, like, trouble, you know, maybe with, like, the mafia or something like that, right? Maybe right. they'll do some sort of angle where he didn't really die in the Battle of New York and he's been hiding out and that's who she's calling. I think it's one of those two possibilities. The other option is possibly, of course, that she's on the phone to the kingpin who owns her security company. It, it, I mean, that's, that's what I thought. That was, <clears throat> that was exactly who I thought she was calling. Although, bringing up the quiver with the shield logo on it sort of begs the question. Now, we know for a fact that they are building towards secret invasion. Right. Okay. So, secret invasion is definitely going to happen. That is going to be, I think it's a TV show, actually. It is, it's one of the TV series, yep. So it's going to be a TV series. So it's going to lead into some of the bigger Marvel moments. So it's not going to be a movie like Avengers. But as comic book fans know, Secret Invasion leads us to Dark Avengers. <laughs> Here we go with the Dark Avengers. Dude, again. Dark Avengers Every is coming. Time. Dude, Dark Avengers is coming. I, wouldn't it be great? If it was Bullseye. Now, they haven't introduced Bullseye yet into the MCU. The only time we've seen Bullseye is when he was Colin Farrell on... Uh, well, see, okay, so that all in, depends... In Affleck's Daredevil. See, that all depends on if you buy into this whole, right, that the Netflix shows are not MCU canon, which I know that they've officially said that they're not. But, like, I'm sorry, like, I, just, I fucking hate that because... There is nothing that happens in any of the Netflix shows, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist, right. Punisher included. There is nothing that happens in those shows that cannot easily fit into the MCU continuity. They even talk when about. You consider, especially when you consider the blip. Yeah. Right? They talk about the blip and they talk about the thing. They call it the thing in New York. Right, yeah. They, they, keep, yeah. they always because, reference it as the thing in New York. Because up in, up until the split between Marvel TV and Marvel, you know, the, the whole Feige, Jeff Lowe yeah. you know, split or whatever, all of that shit was canon. Yeah. All of that shit was canon. So I, I, I know that, you know, the official message is that it's not canon because they're going to do whatever the fuck they can. But there's, there's no reason for it not to be, especially if you're going to bring back people like Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Nothing happens in those shows that can't easily just be slid into the MCU as it exists today. Because by the time those shows started coming out, we were already, like, beyond the, you know, we were already into Age of Ultron. We were already into yeah. the big Avengers storylines. Like, oh, yeah. none of that shit can easily, none of that shit cannot not fit into the fucking MCU. Canon. Yeah. So I fucking hate that whole thing. If, if, if they just ignore everything, which they, they can technically, you can bring those characters in as they existed at the end of their series without addressing sure. anything that came before them. It's perfectly Defenders, fine. Defenders was a great show. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed Defenders like quite thoroughly. Like, I thought it was awesome. It was the only time that Iron the Iron Fist character was watchable. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I agree. And I thought he was way better in Defenders way than better. he was in the Iron Fist show. So, like, I'd, why not bring them in? Why not bring in the heroes for hire? Yeah. Like, that would be so cool. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is, like, you don't need to bring them all in at the same time, right? Like, think about where we left Luke Cage, for example, at the end of his, his yeah. second season, right? We leave him with he's he's it looks like he's bought the club, apparently, that, you know, Cottonmouth right. ran, right? That's how the season ends. Like, so what's he been doing for the last five years? I don't know. Fucking running the club. Running the club. Who cares? Yeah. Nothing being else Luke Cage, yeah. not being a superhero, right? like whatever. And like, what has Jessica cares? Jones been doing? Who the fuck cares? Laying low, like she wants to be left alone. No problem. Like yeah. none of this stuff, like none of that stuff has any bearing on like just bring them back in as they were. Like I see no issue with it. And how cool would that be if those were some of the Easter eggs? Again, just totally. really cameo scenes, a flyover. Like I, I remember it um, in the X-Men, the cartoon show. X-Men, the cartoon show used to do these kind of things so well where it would be literally yeah. a two second scene where they literally just show the character. Sometimes it was Ghost Rider. Sometimes it was Punisher. Sometimes like all these different characters that they just showed. They just kind of like like had like a, a two second scene where they just showed up. That you didn't introduce the character. They weren't a part of the show. They had no bearing on the story. They were just there. That's what, like, just you're doing a flyover of New York. Hey, why not? Just show Luke Cage running the club. And he's just, like, looking up, you know? Like, 
Yeah. That, that would be so cool. Totally. And, and it works every time when the X-Men did it. Like, it works every time. Yeah. And it's just, it's cool. And it makes it feel like a more complete universe. Yeah. Like a, a real full-on universe. And the other, so the other big thing that happened in, you know, in episode four, so the other mystery. Yes. Was the watch. Right, yes, the watch, the Rolex. You know, a lot, a lot of the the first few episodes focused yes. on stuff that came from Avengers Compound, which was the Ronin suit and the sword. And then you talk about this watch. The watch apparently belonged to Hawkeye's wife, right? And he goes to retrieve it. So you can you can probably assume like why was that in the Avengers Compound? You can probably assume that when he was Ronin and his during the blip and his wife had been dusted, he was probably wearing the watch as a of course right. like as a memento. But it's got some sort of tracker in it. It's got some sort of technology built into it. And then when he's on the phone with his wife, they start speaking in some language. It sounded kind of like Japanese. I'm not really sure, right? Yeah. So okay. So now all of a sudden we start to well, ask the question: What was Hawkeye's wife in a past life? Was she also part of Shield? Was oh, she also right. some sort yeah. of like like why like why was that her watch with the tracker? Like what is the significance of that watch? Right, that and has a story behind it. Yeah, what is in the watch? Like what's yeah, that's it. And I'm sure that it's going to yeah. Like it's why did they some need to kind get of it? key? It's going right? to be some kind of key to unlock something. Right. Yeah. So so this all brings me to and then and then now we have Yelena coming back in. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean which that was dope. Which, we knew we knew was coming. Right. Which when she. He showed up. I mean, that so was just absolutely phenomenal. And doesn't say a word and just vanishes, yep. and right? Just and just bounces off, right? Yeah. So, so that is another story they got to unpack in the last two episodes. Tell us what this fucking watch is. Who was Kate Bishop's mother on the phone with? So, all of that. So that leads to the main, the big question in episode three. There was the the they told a little bit of Maya Lopez's backstory. Maya Lopez echo yes. in the comics. Yes. And there's that opening scene where her father's like, Uncle will take you home and you right. see the hand and, he's, and she's in the karate dojo. Right. And the, you hear the chuckle and everybody lost their mind because they thought it was Vincent D'Onofrio. So is Vincent D'Onofrio I'm sorry, is Uncle Kingpin? I, I mean I, from the laugh, from everything, I I watched it. Two or three times, and it, I, I think that it is. I yeah. think I think the size of his hand, the sound of his laugh. I I think it is Kingpin. I, I and I think that it makes sense for the story. There were so many times in the comics where you saw Kingpin fighting in a karate dojo. He would train, and he would train in a karate dojo, and he would train judo. And Kingpin was not just. I remember the the one comic that I read where he was talking about how 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 he was fat and he's like it's not fat it's overdeveloped muscle yeah you know and like he's actually this really really strong person right and so like it makes sense that he would be there at the karate dojo I mean maybe he even owned it who knows yeah you know so I think all of that makes sense but what I think makes more sense is that uncle is Jack and the reason I think that is because the if uncle is not jack again we have two episodes left of this series and all we know is that jack is pretty much running the tracksuit gang and is basically swordsman has some sort of past where he's an expert sword sword fighter right we don't know a lot about him right so the fact that we haven't gotten anything from my perspective from a storytelling point of view Jack has to be something. They can't just give you this character who has such a rich and long history in the comic books and throw him away as just a nothing, you know, character in the show. I mean, I guess they can. I mean, I mean they, they can do whatever can. they want. Yeah, they but can. Like, but it doesn't, like, it's not Marvel's MO to no. give us a character of that caliber, of that importance, right? And just completely throw him away. It just doesn't make sense to me. And all of this show, the show is about Kate Bishop coming into her own and her family issues of which Jack is a part of. And the show is about Hawkeye dealing with his, you know, two past, really, his past as as Hawkeye and Clint Barton and his past as Ronan. Yeah. So much import has been given to the Ronan suit, the sword, the watch, what's happening with his family now. There's just so much going on, so much that they've... For, for me, it's like there's so much that they've shown us, right, that just 
all of a sudden Kingpin shows up as uncle doesn't make sense to me. Now, if you want to tell me that Kingpin is Jack's boss and Kingpin yes. shows up in a later, you know, after credit scene, after the last episode is the guy that runs whatever Jack's organization is. He owns kind of everything. I'm okay with that. But to tell me that Kingpin is so involved with the fucking tracksuit gang that, like, it just doesn't jive for me. Man. It just doesn't jive for but, me at I mean, all. Kingpin always had idiot henchmen to get beat up. Like, that was right. always, like... No, he did. His thing, and he runs the underworld. But like, he has he the is... underbosses, though. He's yeah. not going to be so directly involved with a gang of nincompoops. Well, that's, like... that's, that's why he has Jack, you know? Like... Which, so, which, like I said, but I, sorry, the, the, the question yeah. is, is Jack uncle or is Kingpin uncle? I, I think, think Jack I, is uncle I, and Kingpin, if he's going to be, I, I'm still even skeptical that Kingpin is going to be in the show at, at all, all, to be perfectly yeah, honest okay. with you. I, I, I think having Kingpin there is a bit of a stretch. I think I think people saw Maya um, echo and lost their minds a little bit because of the comic book connection, which is true. But I just don't it, for the story that they're telling. It just doesn't fit for me. It just doesn't I, fit. I, I think it makes sense. I think that that's that's the direction that they're going to. Um, I think Vincent D'Onofrio is a great actor, and they want to bring another great piece of talent back into. Oh, the I fold. absolutely want it back. And yeah, and I I think he's definitely uncle. I think it's exactly as you said. I think he's going to run Jack's. He's going to be Jack's boss, and I think at the end we're going to see Jack take over. Uh, he'll he'll fight Hawkeye, he'll lose, and then we'll see him have to report to Uncle, which see, is Kingpin. Here's where it all falls apart for me. I'm supposed to remember in the in the Maya episode where yes. her father talks about how they don't have enough money to send her to the special deaf school. Right. So I'm supposed to believe that Kingpin, with all of his money, has the time. To care about Maya in such a way that he's going to show up to her karate practice but not pay for her fancy deaf school doesn't work for me. Yeah, sure. Doesn't work for uh, me. Agreed. Uncle's going to take unless, you home but not pay for your deaf school? Unless there's another reason why she doesn't go to that deaf school. Unless there's, What reason could that possibly I, fucking I be? I don't know. There's some other nefarious reason why yeah, what she could couldn't. could that possibly fucking know. be? I don't know. Where she had to be, maybe the deaf school was in California and she needed to be in New York. I don't know. Fuck out of here with that. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a way they could explain it, but yeah. I I agree with you. I Again, agree I, with you. I, I, that, I just, that's definitely a big plot hole and it, yeah, it wouldn't I'm, make like, sense. I'm, like, I, like, you know me. The way I approach this stuff, I'm very much like, what can I see and touch and feel in the story? Like, I love when there's little Easter eggs and big surprise reveals, but I want them to make sense with the story. And there's been literally nothing up until this point in the first four episodes with the exception of a few Easter eggs like, oh, it sounds like Vincent D'Onofrio, you know, yeah, right? That would even remotely suggest like. that Kingpin is going to be in this show, especially especially after the fourth episode where they bring in Yelena and they go in deep into the spy shit with, you know, Hawkeye's wife and the Avengers compound. Like, Kingpin would have no connection to any of that. No, So I'm just having not. a hard time. Like, again, I want Kingpin back in the MCU. You. He's gonna be back in the MCU. Like it's, it's gonna happen. I Absolutely. just don't think it's gonna happen here. I I think it's a way that they could introduce him back into the MCU or into the MCU here. I I think it's a way uh, to 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 tie him into everything um, without having to have him there too much. I I like even if he's just there. And it's like, oh, you have to go and see Uncle, and then right. it's revealed, and then Uncle is see, King, for, and then it just shows him at the end. For me, it reminds me of WandaVision and Mephisto, right? Oh, uh, yeah, Everybody, for sure. the internet was, uh, the yeah, internet Mephisto, was, was willing Mephisto, to bet Mephisto. their grandmother's lives that it was fucking Mephisto. And I'm sitting here going like, Mephisto doesn't make any sense. We have, nope. a, we have a character who is literally... Ag like it was so obvious that yeah, it, was it was Agatha, Agatha. Harkness. Yeah. It was so obvious that it was Agatha Harkness. And if you've yeah. ever read a fucking comic book. It was book, Agatha all along. Right? Like if you've <laughs> ever read a comic book, you know the connection between Agatha and Wanda. And now, not to say that there isn't also a connection between Wanda and, and Mephisto because that is a true thing. Sure. But again, everything they showed you in the show 
pointed to Agatha and not Mephisto. And you had these fucking people on the internet, like, you know, oh, well, in the one episode, they said devil one time, so it must yeah, be Mephisto. Yeah, it must be, it's you know, like, are you laying fucking, the groundwork. Right, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, so that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Like, you know, again, I could be completely fucking wrong, but it just doesn't feel right for me for, for Kingpin to be in this show. You think it's a swerve. You think it's, a, think swerve. it's a swerve. You think that maybe they they wanted you to think it was yeah. Kingpin, and then they're going to make it Jack. Yeah, they the drop these time. little Easter eggs, you know, like, again. And, and again, I, 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 again, I don't even, I'm not even saying that, like, Kingpin isn't above all of it. I just don't think that Uncle, when we see his hand in his suit, I don't think that is Kingpin. I think that's Jack. It just doesn't make any sense for me for it to be Kingpin. But if it was Jack, why wouldn't they show him? It doesn't make sense that they wouldn't show him because they've already introduced Jack. Right, but, well, because because they think that they're hiding something from you. Yeah. They think they're hiding something from uh, you because it's like, you know. It, no, I mean, it is thin, I agree, but like it's even thinner that it's fucking Kingpin. Because yeah. then, cause then if, they, if they're not showing you that it's Jack. Because they want it to be a reveal. The reason they hide his face, he doesn't say anything. They only show his hand is they want it to be a big reveal. See, I don't so, think they I don't think they do. I think they just want I think they just want conversations like this to fucking happen. Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe <laughs> I think they just want us to yeah, fucck maybe our wheels, and just you know? and like, debate it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and get the get the trolls talking. I I, I I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah. Um I I mean, no matter what, it, I'm really interested to see where the show goes, how it's going to end, and what it's going to lead into. Like, where is this going to leave Clint after all of this? Yeah. Right? Like, how is is he... Are we going to see him in future Avengers? I'm willing to bet that he is going to die in a future movie. I think that in an Avengers movie, something, I think he is going to die in a future movie. I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I would be a little bit surprised if he died in this series. No, yeah. It, I, I'd be surprised if he died in this series. I wouldn't be surprised if he died in, um, like, the next big Avengers movie. Like, whatever the next big crossover Avengers movie is, I wouldn't be surprised if he died. Yeah, it's like, do they, do they give Clint a happy ending? Like, I don't know, because, I mean, like, it's... He's had so much trauma, so much suffering. It it can go either way, right? I feel like I feel like at some point they give him a happy ending. I think they do, but not before he experiences like a little bit more loss. It's a very yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to end this show, but I'm here for it either way. I'm super in love with this show. Um I'm very excited for how it's going to end. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. I I, I really love the more down-to-earth shows. That yeah. that was very much the way that uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was. Um, even though it did have, you know, big secret agencies and all of that, it, it was a little bit more down-to-earth show. Yeah. This is very down-to-earth. This is very small. It feels like, I mean, they shoot in New York. It's the difference between it pretending like it's being shot in New York and actually being shot in New York. Yeah. It really feels like New York City. It it really it it feels good and it, but it feels like a small show. It feels like it makes sense why Hawkeye wouldn't call on the other Avengers to help right. him out. Like this is his mess. He wants to clean it up. He meant it to keep it small. Now here in the end of the fourth episode, now he realizes that oh shit right. the black widow is because it's now clearly- involved in this now maybe like now it would make sense for him to reach out to the avengers well see that shield see the, I was, I, that's exactly what i was gonna say that's where i think the shield thing comes in because right so if we think about yelena right and the 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 after credit scene of black widow the movie where you have Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, right? Yes. Who's Va- Countess Valentina uh, yes. De Fontaine, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Allegra De Fontaine, um, going to Yelena using Hawkeye as a target, right? We yep. still don't know what her end game is because we also see her at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, where she recruits John Walker, right? Right. So like Thunderbolts is a prevailing theory here. That's but at the same time, again, if you look back to the comics, not that everything has to be comic accurate, but Countess Valentina Allegro de Fontaine was a prominent figure in Shield for a very long time. 
Right. So maybe that's where that shield connection comes in. She's not building the Thunderbolt. She's actually part of rebuilding shield because we haven't seen shield proper since, you know, the end of, of, of Age of Ultron, really, right? You I know, mean, like me, I, I, to me, that actually seems like a legit thing, yeah. right? And if they're going to make Secret Invasion a show, how do they overcome Secret Invasion? Right. I mean, we, how was it done in the comic books? It was the Thunderbolts. Right. The, the, the Avengers get beat. They get they get torn apart from the inside. You know, nobody knows who is who. And then it's the Thunderbolts who are all villains. It's it's essentially Marvel's Suicide Squad. Right. They're, they're all villains. And they come in and they defeat the Skrulls. And it's, that, it's because of that that right. then Norman Osborn is given the green light to create Hammer instead of S.H.I.E.L.D. Exactly. Hammer. Exactly. And then create the the Avengers, which are the Dark Avengers. Yeah, and then with you know with what we've already seen, we already know you know that the last time we saw Nick Fury, he was on a scroll ship in right. fucking space. Right. So it stands to reason that Nick Fury has gone beyond protecting just you know Earth, whatever, with Shield, and he's do, let's call it Sword, right? Yeah. So that in theory leaves this void on Earth for your secret spy organization. So I feel like it might be revealed that um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Allegra de Fontaine, is rebuilding S.H.I.E.L.D. Yelena is a part of that. John Walker is a part of that. She might be going about it the wrong way, but that's how that whole thing is going to come to play, come to fruition in these last two episodes of Hawkeye. But it does seem like she is building a team. Like so, Thunderbolts is a is a very realistic possibility, and maybe that, but also maybe that's why we see the quiver with the shield. Maybe at the end of the this season, Kate Bishop has joined this team, which we find out. You know, let's call it the Thunderbolts, but it is actually a shield sanctioned team, Man. and that's why you see the quiver in that leaked photo with the shield emblem on it. I, it's it's not like, that would be fucking amazing. It's not going to be complete to me unless they get venom on the thunderbolts because <laughs> because Matt Gargan's venom was awesome like and Matt he, Gargan exists in the MCU he definitely does and you could you could even have it where in Spider-Man like we said Topher Grace shows up but then let's say he gets there's two eaten. symbiotes. There's two symbiotes. Yep. And then we have two different Venom characters. And yeah. there's, you know, and that, that could actually right? be kind of cool. Yeah. You know, so you have Tom Hardy's Venom, and that's in the big movies. And then you get down to Earth, and you have, you know, the Mac Gargan be the, the Thunderbolt Venom that we all want him to be. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. And it would make sense for him to have the spider on his chest. Because if it's yep. Topher Grace's Venom... Then it could lead into that. And then, I mean, who are the other characters? Then you, you get Bullseye, right? He was also on the Thunderbolts. Yep. You need a Moonstone. I forget. Uh, I mean, Moonstone. She was the Captain Marvel. Yeah, I mean, she was Captain Marvel in, in the Dark Avengers, but they haven't ever introduced any kind of Moonstone no. character. No. So, I mean, maybe there'd be an ancillary character from the Captain Marvel movie or something be, like yeah. that. Could be. Who knows? But you get a Moonstone character. And then, and then, the key to it all is you need an airy. You, well, you need Dakin. You would need Dakin, which would be amazing. Oh, and then you would need you would need like Ares and Century, which that would be that's just way over the top. That that they wouldn't bring in until like a movie or anything like that. But I mean, you could legitimately do a pretty cool Thunderbolts group with. With U.S. agent, with Yelena, with a bullseye type character, and then fill in the blanks. And you just bring in, you know, maybe Matt Gargan and you bring in other characters to kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah, I totally agree. I would love to see. I really would love to see the Thunderbolts. Um, I, I, I still think your your Dark Avengers theory is swinging for the fucking fences. It's pretty thin. But it would be be awesome just to see at some point. I'm not going to lie. Well, we got a taste of it in Civil War, of what it would be like to have two superhero teams fighting each other. Yep. In Avengers, we got an army versus all of the Avengers and then all of the Avengers versus Thanos. What would it be like 
to have two superhero teams fighting off against each other. That'd be fucking and dope. Then, and then that even, even more, what it would lead into is one of my favorite storylines as well, following up on Dark Avengers, is uh, and Dark Empire, is Utopia. Utopia would be really, really cool, where that's, that's how they could introduce the X-Men into the MCU. Yeah, yeah, and, and <laughs> I mean, and that's the perfect introduction. I mean, we're, li- I mean, these are billion-dollar ideas. <laughs> Could they put it together? It would take a lot of work, but I mean, there's just all, a lot of side stories, a lot of things that they could build out that would continue to get people excited. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree. I mean, there, there's, there's pretty much they could go pretty much any way with it. What makes more sense than others? I don't know. I, I the Dark Avengers theory is so thin, dude. <laughs> but I love it. I well, love it. What? So we've got two multiverse movies happening. We've got Spider Man and then uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And apparently, that's where they're going to be bringing in yeah characters. Where now you don't need again. You don't need their backstory. You could just bring in characters. What if? What if? Hugh Jackman oh, makes a cameo appearance in Spider-Man. See, very similar not to... Not going to happen in Spider-Man. M- very similar to, like, X-Men First Class. You're insane. Where he just drops an F-bomb and, you know... You're insane. Yeah. <laughs> it would be dope. It would be super fucking dope, it but it's be, not going to happen. It would be the most amazing thing oh, ever. God. Because if there's any two characters from Avengers and from X-Men that were tied together, it was Spider-Man and Wolverine. They had a lot of crossovers. Yeah. You know, there, there were many, many crossovers that they had. Oh God. Well, as- Wolverine supposedly fought with Captain America too. So, you know, as our theories get crazier and crazier, <laughs> um, we'll be back most likely next week. Yes, after give, we see Spider-Man. Definitely to give our recap of Spider-Man. Yeah. It will be a spoiler-filled recap, as always. Oh, so my God, yeah. Don't and, listen to the episode until you see the movie. And then we'll we'll come back to Hawkeye in two weeks after the last two episodes have aired. That's going to be a good time. Um, but, yep. yeah, you know, go to the Instagram page, comment on all of our shit, check out our YouTube, listen to all well, the podcasts. Let's, let's real quick, too, the, oh, yeah. there's a lot of other things that are coming out um, towards the end of this year. There's a, there's oh, quite yeah. a bit to be excited about. The Book of Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian Season 2 in January. Three. Which, or, excuse me, Season 3 mm-hmm. in January. Um, and then, uh, as well, we're also going to have uh, Cobra Kai. And Matrix, Resu- uh, Re- the Matrix Revolution. Yes, and Matrix. Oh my gosh! I mean, there's so there's a lot much coming out in just the next three weeks. In the next three weeks, there is so much that's coming out that is so exciting. I can't wait to talk about all of it. Yeah, I'm very, I'm yeah. very hyped for it. Um, but you guys know the drill. Follow us on all of the podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. I should say Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever it is. Um, comment. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like. Tell us your theories. Is Jack Kingpin? Or, yeah. I'm, sorry, or I'm sorry. Is Uncle Kingpin or is Uncle Jack? Uncle Jack. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> dog. I know. I'll let you out in a minute. Jesus Christ. <laughs> dog is badgering me right now. Anyway, you guys know the drill. Here's some... Ice clinking in the glass. To let you know, our drinks are finished. Our time is finished. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.